Father, we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus. And the forgiveness of sins that we receive through him. The promise of the Holy Spirit to help us refrain from sin. Lord, to be able to pray in the name of Jesus and to see amazing things done. Lord, it is such a blessing. God, I pray this morning that as we gather together, that we will call on the name of Jesus. Lord, if there's anybody in this room, that they would just call on the name of Jesus right now to come into their heart, to speak to them, to, to change them and shape them and mold them. That we would surrender to you, Jesus. Help us to turn our lives over to you. Lord, to surrender and give you our, our goals and our hopes and our dreams. To just trust you. To be the God that we say that we believe that you are. Jesus, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be in this place today. It would be in our hearts. And again, I pray that every person in this room would just say, Holy Spirit, come. Come in me. Make me new. Create in me a clean heart. Lord, as we come together, we pray for this service, but we also pray for our brothers and sisters, and we lift Linda Thompson, Pat Connor, Helen Scruggs, Pastor Dan, Lord, we lift up Steve Reynolds and so many others who have physical things going on and can't be here today. And God, we just pray that you would be with them, that your Holy Spirit would be with them as it is with us right now in this moment. Lord, we just want to give you this time and give you our hearts and our worship. that you would be here among us today. You would work and do amazing things. Help us to believe and have trust and faith in you. We love you. We thank you. We pray all of this in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're in our third week of Dinner and a Savior, <clears throat> and the first week we talked about Jesus eating with sinners, and last week we talked about Jesus eating with the righteous, and how different those things would be in our story today is quite unique <clears throat> in the fact that it's probably the equivalent of Jesus piling up in the minivan with all of his disciples, all of his kids, and going through the drive through and just making the best of what they had in the moment. Um, I don't know if you've ever been there in your life where you're just like, we just need something to eat. We're, we're, we're on the run. We're in a hurry. We got things to do. Uh, but this is Jesus and his disciples in this moment. This is Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. And as Jesus and his disciples are walking through this field, they begin to eat from the field. And uh, a discussion about the Sabbath arises. So this is where we are today. Read this with me. It'll be on the screen. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along in your Bible. 
But it says, one Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. And Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. And it's super... uh, cool passage in this moment. And I just want to call your attention. We're, we're going to have their points, but they're questions. Okay. So it's not just statements that we're talking about today. We're going to have four questions that are our main points today that we're just going to answer. And I think that's really important. And you're sitting here today and some of you are saying, okay, like, man, how could you do this? I've been saved. We've been in church for humpteen years. You know, we've talked about the Sabbath. We know all about this. And I just want to challenge you we got a lot of new people uh, coming to our church. we got a lot of people who listen in online who may have never even been to our church. We actually have like some couples and stuff from like Wyoming who watch every week who may not know. And uh, there's some young people in here this morning who just may not truly understand what the Sabbath is supposed to be. I think it's good for us to come back around and talk about this every once in a while. I think it's good to cover it uh, because it's very important. So we're going to talk about this today. So point one, or question number one, is what is the Sabbath? We're just going to answer these questions. The Sabbath, according to practicing Jews, can get very complicated. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this when you look at this from a Jewish perspective. People who are trying to honor God's law according to Old Testament law. So in the simplest of terms this morning, the question, the answer to the question, what is the Sabbath, in the simplest form you can possibly answer it, it is a day of rest. In the simplest form. So you write that down, number one, the Sabbath is supposed to be a day of rest. Now, in the Old Testament, it was honored on the last day of week, which is Saturday. So God started creation on day one, which is Sunday. On day seven, he rested on the seventh day. Saturday, and that is the day upon which the people of Israel honored the Sabbath, which was on the seventh day. They did that following after God's example. Now, in Genesis chapter 2, you have to go back to this. You say, okay, what is, what is the Sabbath? And the very interesting thing about the Sabbath is, is the Sabbath has been around literally since the beginning of creation. So Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3, let's read this together, and so you can understand why this is so important. And so it says, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Now that's really important. It's really important for you to realize and understand that in the simplest answer, the Sabbath is a day of rest. And at the same time, the Sabbath is a day that is set apart and declared holy. Holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. And we'll, we'll talk some more about this, but when God gave the law to Moses, it was commanded that the people of Israel honor the Sabbath and to keep it holy. And so in Exodus chapter 20, we'll, we'll go there, it should be up on the screen, Exodus 20 verses 8 through 11, 
The law says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. All right, there's that holy again. It's set apart. It's special. It's significant. So when you talk about the Sabbath day, it is a day of rest. And at the same time, it's important to remember that it is supposed to be holy. And so if you're sitting here this morning, it's like, well, I don't exactly know what that means. We could spend an entire sermon series talking about what is holy and holiness and what that means. I encourage you this morning. If you're sitting here and you're just like, okay, well, I don't really know what it means to be holy or what that term means, look it up. Find some godly people in your lives that you trust to be able to talk about this with and ask them, what does holiness mean? What does it mean that this day should be holy? And start getting some answers from them because I'm telling you today that when you talk about the Sabbath and the fact that it's supposed to be holy, it is significant. It's very important in the way that you go about honoring God on this day and how you give your life to Him. And you're doing this the way that God wants you to do it. That's important. All right, this is a super important thing. In verse 9, it says, You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest. There's that just very simple answer again. It's a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And so while it is a day of rest, it's supposed to be holy, and it's supposed to be a day that is dedicated to your God. And so there's some of you sitting here this morning who say, well, like we've rested on the Sabbath, and we've went to church on the Sabbath, and we've done all this stuff on the Sabbath, but maybe we haven't dedicated it completely to God, and we don't really know how to do that. Well, let's keep talking. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters. And I guarantee you there's some adults in here who takes the Sabbath very seriously according to their own standards. And yet at the same time, you've probably had war in your home on Sunday afternoon to get your kids to clean up their room and pick up their stuff and do their homework and get everything ready for school the next day and the week and everything that's coming because the week's coming, right? And while you try to honor the Sabbath, yet we technically break it because we're getting our kids to do things that they're not supposed to be doing on that day. And so honoring the Sabbath is not just about you honoring the Sabbath, but it's also about making sure that everyone that you're in charge of is honoring the Sabbath, keeping it holy, and making sure that that day is dedicated to the Lord. Your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested, and that is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Now, let me give you the 39 things, the 39 categories that the Jewish people uh, have listed in order to try to make sure that they do not break any laws on the Sabbath. Don't worry about writing these down. You can Google this in like 10 seconds. It's readily available. 39 categories of things that you cannot do on the Sabbath so that you don't break God's law. Caring, burning, extinguishing, finishing, writing, erasing, cooking, washing, sewing, tearing, knotting, untying, shaping, plowing, planting, reaping, harvesting, threshing, winnowing, selecting, sifting, grinding, kneading, combing, spinning, dyeing, chain stitching, 
warping, weaving, unraveling, building, demolishing, trapping, shearing, slaughtering, skinning, tanning, smoothing, and marking. And as you can imagine, in these 39 different categories, it's according to the people that you have sitting around and how critical they are of your life in these moments as to how these things are interpreted and how far they can be expanded and how much they can be applied to our lives in any given moment in time. And in a lot of ways, when you look at the understanding of the Sabbath in the Old Testament passages, it can feel very restricting. It can feel like prison. It's like there's this day that all of a sudden we're all handcuffed and now we can't do anything because we're so afraid that we're going to break the law. And that's kind of where the religious leaders were. They had come to the point where they had taken these 39 categories and they had really broke them down. And I mean, let me give you this example. When Hannah and I bought our refrigerator for our home here a couple years ago, um, you know, nothing's simple anymore. You can't just buy a refrigerator, it just works. I mean, it's got to do all kinds of other stupid stuff that doesn't make any sense. And uh, one of the things that you can do with our refrigerator is it has a kosher setting. It has a setting that you can, you can set it up to where on the Sabbath day, uh, you know, according to Jewish law on Saturday, the Sabbath day that they celebrate on, you can, it will turn itself off so that it is not working on the Sabbath because they're afraid that if their refrigerator runs and works on the Sabbath, that it will break the Sabbath law. And that sounds really funny, and we giggle at it, right? But they are very serious about it. And in everything that they have, they have tried to honor God in this way. Now, now you think about how we view the Sabbath today, and, and how we view the Sabbath today is very differently how people viewed it from when I was in school when I first got saved in 2000, and we're 23 years later. The way that the church views the Sabbath and promotes the Sabbath and tries to honor Sabbath is very different today than what it was even back then. And you think about years before that, how people were very adamant about trying to honor the Sabbath. And yet at the same time, how many of you try to honor the Sabbath? And yet you've purposefully made your kids do something on the Sabbath, some type of chore or something like that. We, we all do this. And so it's like if you get down to the Sabbath and you treat it as this day that is full of all these rules and all this nitpicky stuff, basically you are going to be miserable. You're not going to see the point of honoring God in this. And you're going to get to the point where you're, you're going to break it without realizing it. And in all honesty, it's good that we just don't have a lot of people sitting around today pointing and saying, you're breaking the Sabbath, you're doing this, you're doing this. Because they used to be a group of people who used to do that. They used to stand up on the street corner in our town and tell everyone how they were not honoring the Sabbath and living in sin whenever everybody used to go cruising on Sunday afternoon. So when Jesus is walking through this grain field and he's breaking off the heads of grain and his disciples are eating them, you have these religious leaders who are observing him and you've you, you got to remember the dynamics of everything that's going on. The religious leaders... They were curious, but mostly they were very skeptical, very critical of Christ. And they were looking for opportunities to condemn him, to expose sin, so they could say he's obviously not the Messiah. They were looking for the opportunity to condemn him. And so they were very critical of Jesus and the disciples when this is taking place. Now, you and I live in the New Testament time where we don't celebrate the Sabbath on Saturday. And there are some denominations that 
celebrate the Sabbath still on Saturday, but one of the main reasons why most Christians in America celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday is because Christ rose on Sunday morning. Like we talk about Easter every year is this big time. Well, technically we have church on Sunday morning throughout the year, our time of worship, because Christ rose on Sunday morning. And so that's basically the reason why we celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday. And you guys know this, life is easier when everyone's on the same page. If you can get everyone together and everyone can attend worship together and we're all communicating together and building one another up and we see one another and we we get inspiration from that, right? Life is just easier whenever we can do that on the same day. But we'll come back to that in a few minutes. So question number two, who are the most critical people? I've heard so many pastors say this, any type of people in leadership over the years, people who own businesses, people who are, you know, venturing out and leading groups of people, and a a lot of my professors said this in seminary, they they talked about how the most critical people you're going to have are the people who are sitting around doing nothing. If they don't have time, if they're not busy doing something else or doing what they should be doing, basically they have time to criticize. And a lot of times it's because people either don't have anything to contribute. Maybe they're just not spiritually mature enough. Maybe they aren't at the point where they can really contribute in that way. Or it's just a simple fact of they just don't want to. And they're angry. You guys hear about the, the uh, revival that's going on at Asbury Seminary right now? It's pretty cool. Uh, heard a lot of reports. We actually had some uh, pastors and leaders at Southern Wesleyan, our university, who took some groups of people up there to visit and experience the revival for themselves. And they come back and gave some really good reports this past week in our pastors meeting that we have with all the pastors from the district. But what I've noticed over the past week is that as the revival lingers, what's happening is you have all these people who are getting online and they're talking and saying all this stuff and they're saying negative things about it. They're saying, oh, well, it's not real. It's being forced. It's being, you know, it's being created by all these things. And they're just really like trying to, there's an agenda in this and all this stuff. And I want to to challenge you guys today. You remember what I said that as the longer that we're saved, the longer that we're Christians, the more prone we are to be like the religious leaders, right? Whether we like that or not, it's true. And the longer we're saved and the more that we're involved in the church and we're surrounding ourselves with with Christians and other spiritual people, the easier it is to lose the mindset of what it was like before you were saved. You forget what it was like whenever you first got saved and you're trying to live for Christ and yet you're engulfed in a family full of sin. Or every single one of your friends, everyone you know is a bunch of sinners and they do crazy stuff. And and you're just trying to survive through everything that is your life with this new thing that you've experienced. And we forget that a lot of times. And the religious leaders in this story are by far the most critical people because they're sitting around and they're trying to, to make sure that the Sabbath is being honored. And they're trying to catch Jesus and doing something wrong. And guys, I want to warn you. You have to be very careful in your life that you don't allow yourself to become critical. 
that you're not constantly complaining and critiquing and, and, and talking down to other people about what they're doing, about what's going on in church, about what's happening spiritually, because it's really easy to be on the outside and looking at other churches. And I see that a lot. I see that from a lot of pastors spend more time preaching about what other churches are doing wrong than they are about preaching against sin in the world. You got to be careful in that. It's very easy to fall into. We end up being more like religious leaders than what we'd like to admit. And there's no room to be critical in a Christian's life. You with me today? There is nowhere in Scripture where it calls us to be critical of one another, of, of anything that's going on. And in fact, it calls us to be encouraging, lifting one another up in prayer, holding one another accountable. And we're talking about the Sabbath today. And I say that because there's probably some people in here who, who, who look around and they say, man, like, we don't honor the Sabbath how we, how we used to, and this really bothers me. Well, we have a calling on our life not to be critical of what other people are doing, but a calling on our life to come alongside of those people and to encourage them and show them a way and show them Scripture and pray with them and guide them in this process. Because when we become critical, we put ourselves in danger. You know what happened to the people of Israel when they began to criticize Moses? God punished them. Because as Moses came to God and said, God, what am I going to do with these people? God told Moses, he said, Moses, don't worry. It's not you they're complaining against. They're complaining against me. And when we start criticizing and we start ridiculing other people by what they are doing or maybe what they're not, we feel like they should be doing, they're not doing, we run the risk of criticizing God. Because each one of us this morning have to give an account to what God is calling each of us to do. And when you start talking about the Sabbath and how you keep that holy and how you honor God on that day, it could look very different for you than it might from the person across the room. And there will be things that are parallel across the board that we should be trying to do and holding one another accountable on. But we have to be very careful in our expectations of how other people should or should not be doing things to make this day holy and honor God in it. Because let's be honest, as a church, we've promoted this really hard in the past. And just because we had a bunch of rules doesn't mean we were truly honoring it. It doesn't mean that our hearts were in the right place. And you got to be weary of critical people as a believer. You know, criticism and negativeness, negativity, it's contagious. It's a disease. And if you surround yourself with other people who are critical and negative and constantly critical, uh, criticizing what other people are doing, and yet they're not offering anything or encouraging one another, that spreads to you. You'll catch that. You have to be very careful. And don't think for one second that we're above it. There's a situation in my life in ministry several years back where I was hurt in a ministry setting, and my attitude in that whole surrounding became so bitter and angry that I had to remove myself from that setting because I was part of the reason that healing couldn't take place and move forward and God's blessing couldn't be in there. Like I was hindering that. And we got to be aware of that in our own lives that, that we're encouraging, we're lifting one another, we're praying for one another. Because if God's Sabbath day is holy, right? 
If we believe that, then our greatest desire is for us to make sure that we're honoring it and keeping it holy. And then our second greatest desire should be to make sure that other people are doing the same and encouraging them to do it. So point number three or question number three, what is the Sabbath for? Well, it's for you. And that sounds crazy. Because it's this holy day. It's meant for rest. It's supposed to be dedicated to God. But the day was made for you. And we forget that a lot of times. And when you start talking about the Sabbath, people have all these rules and expectations. But in reality, sometimes we just need to take a deep breath. And we need to take a step back and say, hey, this day was meant for me. God created this day for me. For you as an individual. And that might sound a little crazy. But it's very true. And if you, if you honor it like the Jews did in Jesus' day, yes, it can feel very restricting. It can feel like you're being put in a cage. And if you want to put all these rules and all these expectations on this day of how you honor God, of these are the things you can do, these are the things you can't do, and you got to be really careful because if you expand on any of them, you might be in violation of it. You might as well crawl in a cage. But just make sure you do it before the Sabbath day starts because unlocking the cage and to get in it is work. And you're breaking it. A few of you got the joke. Some of you didn't. You understand what I'm saying today? And I know there's probably a lot of you who are in here. It's like, man, he's talking about the Sabbath. Now we're losing a whole dang day of our life and we're not going to be able to do anything. And what are we going to do? And if you look at it like that, then yes, you are living in a prison. But if you... If you Truly seek God, and you pray, and you ask Christ to fill your life, and you ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, Paul talks about allowing the Holy Spirit to come in you to not only change your heart, but to change your mind, to change the way that you think. And if you think about the Sabbath as being this day of of captivity, of I can't do anything that I like today, or I can't get anything done, or anything like that, then yes, you are going to live in captivity. But if you Look at it for what God intended it to be, which is a day of rest. And he created it to be holy and to be set apart. And he created it for you, for your benefit. There's actually a lot of freedom in that. It it doesn't captivate you or it doesn't hold you in captivity. It, It sets you free. It allows you to enjoy the Sabbath for what it was supposed to be. And one of the things I love about the God that we serve is, is that God never asks us to do anything that he's not willing to do. Maybe I should rephrase that. God is not asking you to do anything that he has not already done. The awesome thing about God is, is we serve a God who's willing to lead by example, which most people we know of are not willing to do that in their lives. But from the very beginning, from the very beginning, God rested. In the first of creation, 2,500 years before he gave the law to Moses for the people of Israel to obey the Sabbath day, to honor and keep it holy, God rested 2,500 years before that, leading in example. That's cool. Because most people who are asking you to do stuff, most of them aren't willing to do it themselves. And you serve a God. Now now think about this. Think about what Scripture says. Our God doesn't sleep nor slumber. Right? Does He get tired? 
Does he need a vacation? Does he need rest? Is he not all-powerful? Why does he need to rest? He does not need to rest. We needed God to rest to show us how much we needed to rest because we're supposed to be following in his example. And then you look at this whole thing about Jesus and the fact of like, let's do a little bit more theology. Let's go back to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. So let's sub, let's sub his name out. In the beginning was Jesus. Jesus was God. Jesus was with God. And through Jesus, all things were made. And so as all things were created, and as all things were made, and when God began to rest, guess who was resting? Jesus. Everything that's ever been done that we are asked to do as believers in Christ has already been done an example for us to follow. There's nothing that they call us to do that they haven't already done. And we have to have faith and found in faith to trust in that, that that's a good thing, that what they're asking us to do is a good thing. The Sabbath day is for you. It exists so that you can rest. And, And if you neglect it, you neglect one of the most wonderful gifts that God's given you. Now, now we're in the situation in our home right now where Perry and Naomi hate naps. They still need them, but they hate them. And putting them down for nap, you might as well just like torture them, tie them up and like torture them. It's, it's the worst. But, you know, as you get older, how many of you teenagers love naps? How many of you adults love naps? Why is it that a day of rest sounds so terrible? Why does a day of rest sound so terrible and so confining and restricting? It's like we're putting on this collar, this choke chain, that's just going to take away our joy and our air. When yet, most of us are craving rest anyway. And your Heavenly Father who created you, who created all things knows that you need rest. And it wasn't just you, but he even instilled laws in the Old Testament that even talked about like allowing the fields and the crops and the animals to rest as well. That all things in creation are not eternal like our God. So our God may not need rest, but he led by example, by resting, to show us that everything in all of creation needs to rest. You need rest whether you realize it or not. You ever seen somebody who hasn't rested? You ever seen somebody who just goes 24-7, works all the time? They look terrible. They act terrible. They're terrible to be around because they're usually ill. God created you. He knows you. He knows that you need rest. He didn't create it to punish you. He created it so that you could thrive. And so much about our relationship with Christ is about stepping out on faith and trusting in Him. Trusting in Him to believe the things that He says because it doesn't make sense. Like I said, for most people, when you start talking about the Sabbath, it's just this day that you're confined and you might as well handcuff me to the bed because I can't do nothing now. But if you have faith in God and you allow the Holy Spirit to change the way that you think about things you begin to see how much God loves you and really 
wants your life to benefit and flourish. I'm not a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel preacher. I don't believe in that junk, but I do believe that God has your best interest in mind. God has your health in mind. And when you look at the Old Testament from the things that you should and should not eat to the ways that you go about doing certain things, abstaining from certain things, resting. Dude, God had something figured out a long time ago before anyone else did. We got to trust in our God that we say that we believe in. We got to have faith in Him. It was for us. And when you celebrate the Sabbath, it needs to be up to you. Now, some of you probably just cringed when I just said that. We talked about it earlier. You know, it's easier if everybody does it on the same day. I believe that if you're willing to make sure that you can come to church and be around other believers and fellowship with them and worship with them and allow each other to hold yourselves accountable, I believe you'll be better off for that. But this morning, we're not called to be critical, are we? And so if you know of somebody or if you're in here and like typically you work on Sundays or if you have a family member who works on Sundays, we're not called to be critical of them. If your greatest desire is for them to celebrate the Sabbath, to honor and keep it holy, encourage them to pick another day to celebrate the Sabbath on. Come alongside of them and do a Bible study with them. Pray with them. Lead, have a time of worship just amongst yourselves so that they don't miss out on it because there's some people who just can't get out of working on the Sabbath. They're not capable or not able in that moment in time in life. And our job is not to be critical, but our job is to come alongside and encourage them. We've already moved the Sabbath once, haven't we? I think we did it for the right reason. I don't think we moved it to dishonor God anyway. I think the, the purpose was to move it to honor Christ. But when you look at our hearts this morning, Jesus looks at things very differently than we do because we're so limited on our understanding. Yes, I believe it is more beneficial for us all to celebrate it on the same day. But if you can't celebrate it on the same day, you need to be celebrating it on another day. I don't celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday. This is a great day. I love being here. Love all of you. But this is a very stressful day. Like we're in here this morning, a lot of stuff wasn't working back there behind that wall. That's typical. Things start getting crazy about 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings. They always do. This is not a day of rest for me. And so I celebrate the Sabbath on a different day. And I don't always do a great job at it. Hannah's probably laughing right now. I don't always do a great job at it, but we try. And guys, you need to come to the point in your life where, where this is an understanding between you and God of how much God loves you and understand that God has gifted you with this wonderful thing that he has for you that can benefit you physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. It is one of the most beneficial things in your life to not only rest on that day, but to make that day about the God that you say you believe in. Because there's something re-energizing and rejuvenating about meeting with God and experiencing that time with Him that is good for you, that we need. 
And if we allow that day to be consumed by things of the world like Monday through Saturday is, because let's be honest with each other, Monday through Saturday, how often do we give God the amount of time he probably deserves Monday through Saturday? And that's exactly why God said, Monday through Saturday, you've given to your ordinary work. Makes, make the Sabbath day about me. Dedicate it to me. Set it apart as holy in your life. And if we're willing to do that, I think we would be amazed at how much our life would change, how much our relationship with God will change if we try to honor that. And you got to be careful. I've always thought it was hilarious, especially 20 years ago when I first got saved. People used to be real adamant about, man, you don't even exchange currency on Sunday. You don't go out to eat on Sunday. You don't do any of that stuff on Sunday. And yet they'd go home and they'd have the whip to the matriarch's back, cook us lunch. And the women would be in the house cooking for like 10, 15 different people. And that would be like one of her hardest days of the week was Sunday afternoon. It's like we say we want to honor the Sabbath. And yet we don't in other ways. And we don't even realize it sometimes. Guys, look at me. Christ knows your heart. That day was created for you. And men... Your job as a follower of Jesus Christ is to make sure that you and everybody in your home honors that day to keep it holy. Not to be critical, but to protect them and encourage them to honor that day and to make it holy and set apart for God. That's our job. Women, you're second in command. You're supposed to be doing that too. And it's real tempting to be running around and making our kids do stuff or trying to play catch-up because we know the week's coming. It's about to get real busy and all heck's about to break loose when Monday morning comes. That's not what Sunday's for. That's not what the Sabbath is for. Let me say that. Question four. Who is Lord over the Sabbath? Jesus is Lord. Like we said earlier, Jesus was there. In creation, through it all, even during that time of rest, Jesus was the one who was with God. He was God, and through him all things were created, and even he rested. Now think about how crazy this is, that in this moment, Jesus is walking through this field, and his disciples are breaking off heads of grain, and the Pharisees, who are the most critical people, right, are looking at them and saying, your disciples are breaking the law. And they're arguing with the one who created the Sabbath. They're arguing with the one who created the law. Who, who he, Jesus was it. He's Lord over all. Jesus is Lord. It's all about Christ. And the honor of the Sabbath is to honor Christ. You, you want to serve Christ in your life? You want to honor Him? You want your life to be devoted to Him? Start with the Sabbath. It's a day that you're supposed to be specifically focused on Him anyway. It's for your benefit. And it'll impact your life more than just spiritually. It will have a great spiritual impact, but I believe, and I trust in God, it will have more than just a spiritual impact in your life. Jesus understood what the Sabbath was. He was able to give advice and to guide on what the Sabbath was because he created it. He created you. 
He understood that the Sabbath was created for you. When you leave and you go home today, you need to remember this. The very last thing that Jesus said, the Sabbath was not made for us to meet the needs of the Sabbath. But the Sabbath was made to meet the needs for people. It was created for you. It was created for you to benefit from, for you to grow from, for you to be rejuvenated because Monday through Saturday is coming. Monday through Saturday is hard. Or whatever day that you celebrate Sabbath on, the next six days, they're going to be hard. You need to be ready to go. But you need to be ready to go spiritually, not just worldly, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And God can do that if we're willing to step out on faith and honor Him in the ways Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to call on the name of Jesus, to trust in him as Lord and Savior, to trust in him as being Lord over the Sabbath. And God, as we talk about something today that seems slightly elementary, maybe there's some people here who have known about the Sabbath for a long time and they heard some things they agree with and maybe they're just not sure because it might be new. God, for them, for the person who's just heard it for the first time, I pray that you would speak into our hearts. And Lord, that our greatest desire today would not to be critical, but our greatest desire would be to serve you, to honor you, and Jesus, to step out on faith and to honor the Sabbath and dedicate that day to you and for us to rest And God, just bathe in your presence to worship with one another, to serve with one another. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us in all these things. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.